The Human Side of Digital Business Transformation. That's the title of a new book, and that's our textination. I'm Fred Fishkin. Joining us from Switzerland is author Kamala Slardi, digital business transformation and emerging tech expert, chair of the Forbes Business Council for Women Executives, consultant, and a teaching fellow at Durham University Business School. Hi, Kamalis. Hi, Fred. Wonderful to be here. Pleasure to meet you. Explain to us a bit about the people side of digital transformation, what this means, and really your purpose in writing the book. Definitely. Uh, digital business transformation as a terminology has been around as long as we've used technology in the business environment. And I've spent the last 23 years of my career working with companies from across the globe, uh, across different industries, advising them on technology implementation as well as strategic development. And this thing that I noticed over the last two decades is that organizations tended to focus a lot on tech implementation. So placing in those new, implementing those new technology solutions to resolve business um, situations or challenges. Now, the thing that essentially makes or breaks digital transformation success, the thing that really takes organizations into that next level of achievement is really being able to take your organization, the people within your organization with you on this journey of transformation. And based on this observation, I decided to collect stories from my experiences and build my own kind of methodology around how organizations could be successful in digital transformation. And the people side of it doesn't just involve people within your organization. It is all about making a or building up a ecosystem of people within the organization, including ownership uh, people that work for you, employees, as well as leadership teams and people external to the organization. This includes your customers, service providers and uh, partners, all of these different communities of stakeholders working in cohesion together to create a successful outcome through the use of technology. And that was the purpose that kind of triggered me to write this book. Yeah, I was going to say this transformation can be good for the partners, consumers and customers as well as the businesses, right? Absolutely. And this is where it's so essential because businesses tend to focus a lot on um, specific technologies and implementation, right? So you have a start date and an end date for a tech project. And these do tend to be effective to a certain extent, but a lot of times we do find focusing on just the tech solution does fall short of the potential you could get out of technologies. Obviously, technology offers you a uh, exponential capabilities, particularly if we look at the new tech that's out in the market. Almost on a daily basis, we have new technology breakthroughs coming out, rocking the world, uh, the business world, and gaining quite a lot of attention. And that is the digital side of digital transformation, which tends to get quite a lot of focus and hype. It's the transformation side, you know, creating that solid foundation within an organization, bringing in the right key players that help you deliver those solutions. The transformation element that involves different stakeholder groups and people, that's the element that creates the solid foundation that your technology can rocket off and create exponential change for your business. That's where I want business leaders to focus. You know, there's a lot of fear among some uh, businesses and business leaders today about the, what is the economic situation right now? Where are we headed? And some may be reluctant to make changes or, or, or invest. What do you say to them? 
Um, interestingly enough, the economic uncertainty does drive additional investments. And we've seen studies that show companies are investing more in technology solutions, particularly during these uncertain times, because they're looking for tech solutions that create productivity, uh, that create efficiency, that reduce the, the dependency on, on manual work and um, human-based work. So we do find organizations are investing in those types of tech solutions. Um, the thing that does get ignored, and I, you know, you might share this experience as well, the part that does get ignored are things around culture development, change management, creating a digital culture that essentially helps organizations become successful in utilizing those tech solutions. And that's where we do find oftentimes, and I write a little bit about this in my book as well, I do share some personal experiences where you see companies, you know, the first element that does tend to get cut out of a project budget or an initiative budget are those kind of human elements. And those are the things that really can make or break your transformation projects. So for business leaders, what I would really say is if you're looking to invest at this point, um, you know, traditionally what we're seeing is companies investing in initiatives that do tend to create efficiencies, but also look at initiatives that help you with the longer term outcomes. So don't have this short term thinking around current economic uncertainties, but think beyond that and how you can set your organization up for the mid to long term as well. So uh, I think you alluded to this, but AI is all over the news. Uh, a few days ago, the CEO of Google in a 60 Minutes interview said pretty much every business, every job will be affected. What are some of the things businesses and employees maybe should be doing to prepare? Um, the one thing, so this is a, a an area that I have to say is very um it's a, I recently wrote an article about Elon Musk and some of the tech leaders that commented on, you know, AI development and how we should potentially pause AI development um, for the world to catch up. Um, and I, I heavily disagreed with this approach and recommended different ways that we could do this. So what I would say is businesses should first things first, right? They should focus on upskilling themselves and their employees. First of all, understanding what these technologies are. What does AI do? What can it do today? What can it do potentially in the future? Um, and this understanding is, is essential because yes, I do agree that AI algorithms and systems like this, AI-based systems are going to be a part of most of the, most parts of our business. It's going to be you know, a part of most of our lives as well, every aspect of our lives. So it's it's difficult to escape that because I think the, potential transformative potential or capabilities of these technologies are undeniable. So I'm fairly excited to see what could be and what these technologies could offer us. On the flip side, if it's not used in the right way or if it's used without proper understanding for what it could be, I think that's where we get into dangerous territory, right? So we're, we're seeing um, headlines talking about people losing their jobs to AI systems. We're seeing headlines talking about AI systems potentially uh, destroying humanity or attacking humanity. And I think these are, uh, in my view, fear-mongering because I think the best way to approach technologies, if you, you know, instead of fearing technologies, understanding technology and finding the right use cases for them within your organization. 
And this is the key where education is extremely important. Uh, the second element is also um, starting to engage with the right key players in the market, looking at who are the tech leaders, uh, which companies are the ones kind of taking the lead and creating a collaborative relationship with them so that your organization goes on this journey with those tech developments. So these are some of the key things that I would advise business leaders to, to start focusing on. I was going to say for, for businesses trying to find people who have at least some degree of understanding of this and, and bring them on board to, to assist in this, in this uh, transformation, uh, boy, that's, uh, that's a challenge, isn't it? It is a challenge, but the, um, the good thing, though, Fred, is that uh, information today is democratized, right? So if we're thinking about building up knowledge around the basics of uh, AI-based systems, language models, and so on, there's a lot of information out there that um, organizations and people can access. And my advice would be, try to build up the knowledge base within your own organization, because that's where you, you can really have an understanding for what's happening in the market and how your company can use these technologies. So in-housing some of that knowledge, even at a, at a basic level, understanding how these systems work um, and what their potential trends and developments are looking like and so on. Um, and it's fairly easy to gain access to some of these, um, you know, knowledge, information, education, whatever you may call it, um, they're accessible, they're, they're not very costly, and they are designed today in a way that uh, you don't have to have a strong technology or technical background to understand them. So my advice is really start building up these skill sets. Um, in terms of being at the forefront, there are players out there, and this was one of my calls to action to the market as well in this recent article, start looking at building up some kind of consortium or collaborative environment where people can start to learn and engage and connect with some of the top tech leaders to build up their knowledge as well. And this brings in this element of um, you know, diversity of thought, empathy, uh, cultures and beliefs into this tech space that's building in such a rapid pace at the moment. We have no control over what's being built and we don't know, you know what is the kind of value system that's being built into these systems which could potentially be extremely dangerous for us. So creating this sort of consortium or ecosystem of people who are part of these tech developments, I think could be quite impactful. Important to do it uh, at the outset here, right? Absolutely, I think starting early is key. Um, one of the things that I'm quite wary about is if um, you know the tech companies are fully in the lead. And I'm a technologist myself, uh, I'm a tech optimist, uh, but I do believe, you know, tech companies shouldn't be the ones solely in the lead of building some of these technologies. You need to have a um, ecosystem of different players. You need to have regulators. I think recently uh, the CEO of Google also mentioned, you know, we need to bring in philosophy, uh, people from philosophies and theorists and, you know, from religions as part of the technology development. The, the one comment I have on this, though, is... If you think about um, you know, any kind of cultural value or religion or philosophy, they're also based on the fundamental element that you have positives and negatives to them. And you have people coming in from different religions who might have different beliefs that contradict another religion. So bringing in these sort of different players into a tech development environment would not guarantee that we will build technologies that are suitable for mankind. I think this is where 
humanities, humanity comes in where you're able to distinguish between right and wrong. You set your own values and you behave according to those values. Technology, I don't believe, will ever be able to perform at that level. At the end of the day, no matter what we do, what, you know, we have to determine what we're building. For example, AI systems, we have to ensure that what we're building is not going to be used in the wrong way. And that's where the catch is. It's not about the technology that we're building. It's about how we utilize those technologies. Coming to a consensus on that when it's difficult to come to a consensus on almost anything. <laughs> sure sounds like a challenge, doesn't it? It does. And I think, um, you know, if we talk about consensus, as a global community of people, have we ever reached a consensus on anything? I don't think we have. Every topic, there are people with contradicting beliefs and, and um, you know, perspectives. And I think that's what fundamentally makes us human. And if we come back to the topic of digital transformation, this is something I've learned over the last two decades. Every organization is different because the people in those organizations are different. The cultures, the values, the mindsets, they are completely different with every experience. And so when we talk about technology uh, being utilized in a way where we have to create consensus and we have to all agree what's good and what's bad, um, it's going to be a very, very difficult foundation to set for technology development. And I think you might share this view as well with um, autonomous cars, for example. There's a very famous uh, practice environment where you get to decide uh, you know, which uh, groups of people or which individual would you sacrifice if an autonomous car is on the road. Um, so you, you can either hit an old person or you can hit a child, you know, and there's this famous test. I can't remember if it was MIT or another institution that, that set this up. It's a very, very difficult decision because it's subjective to every individual. Some societies might believe sacrificing older generations are important, are, are possible in, to save the younger generation, whereas other societies and cultures might believe the opposite. So it's, it's a very, very subjective environment, and that's what makes us human. Uh, trying to replicate this humanity in technology will be challenging. Very interesting. You also in the book talk a bit about the gig economy and how it's reshaping uh, the world of work. And uh, I suppose COVID has had an impact on that. Absolutely. Uh, and I think it's a very, very positive thing, although, you know, I'm not sure everyone would agree with that. Um, we've seen an explosion in the gig economy, basically, uh, individuals and people starting their own businesses or having a side income apart from their own uh, nine-to-five job or leaving their nine-to-five job to create a, a business of their own. And I think the es essential thing here to understand is people have come to the realization as a global community that we can have a different working model. And this was triggered by COVID, right? As an entire um, global nation, we came to a standstill with the lockdowns. And um, people had to find alternative means of supplementing their income. And we saw this explosion in the gig economy. There's also this generational shift that's happening. Um, you know, if you think about, and I do talk about this quite a bit in my book around the way the different generations are motivated. Now I'm a Gen X and uh, my daughter is part of the, uh, the Gen Zs. So from the millennial generations onto the Gen Zs and basically people born from the 80s onwards have started to shift their motivations. They are looking for more meaningful work. 
They're looking for purpose-driven environments that they can be part of. They're looking for more connectivity and connections. And this is the only generation or the first generation to be born with technology as part of their daily lives, right? Mine was the last generation uh, where we didn't have technology. Um, and so a technology in the sense that internet, mobile devices, and so on. And so what we're seeing is this shift in motivation of people not wanting to work in this nine to five environment, uh, having access to, to information at their fingertips, being able to very quickly develop skill sets and progress into um, new environments and uh, engaging with people from across the globe. And so this traditional business environment, the traditional work environments don't fit their needs anymore. And so we're seeing this explosion of people going into uh, digital businesses, online businesses, and being able to very effectively supplement their financial independence. Um, this is going to be a challenge for organizations as we go forward, because it's going to be much harder to motivate um, those types of people to join the workforce. So we're potentially going to see a brain drain within organizations. We're also going to see... Um, for example, the recent uh, layoffs that have been happening with tech companies, um, we're seeing a loss of skill sets. And I think this is going to be challenging for tech companies because these are the people with the right skill sets who have gone off and could potentially start their own businesses and companies in the tech space. So there's a drain of skill sets and knowledge as well that's happening. Well, congratulations on the book. Again, it's called The Human Side of Digital Business Transformation. The best place to get more information, is that your, your the website that bears your name? Yes, kamaleshlargi.com, or you can get my book off the internet, uh, sorry, Amazon as well. Um, and if you'd like to connect with me, I'm very active on Twitter, X, <laughs> and LinkedIn. <laughs> Wonderful. Kamalis Lardi, thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you, Fred. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>